Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. intelligence officials issuing an urgent bulletin saying Chinese hackers have been secretly infiltrating critical American infrastructure for at least the last five years. FBI Director Christopher Wray warning China is stepping up its cyber warfare, preparing to target water treatment plants, the electrical grid, oil and natural gas pipelines, and transportation. Yeah, you remember a week ago when Chris Ray of the FBI told us that China wants to do that? Yesterday they announced they have done that and have been doing it for at least five years. They got into those systems and have been fishing around in there and figuring out how our, all our tech works and all that. Now, come oh, yeah, on, China! We're incredibly vulnerable, according to that new story. So was that like Christopher Ray saying, honey, I'm thinking about buying some new golf clubs and then... Showing up the next day and saying, yeah, I bought them last week. I don't know. China is attempting to infiltrate our systems. Then the next day, oh, yeah, they've been in for five years. What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. Or he just, he wanted multiple news cycles on it, hoping people would pay attention and give a crap. I don't know. I, I just, I, there are, I hate saying this because this is the knock on, like, the Tucker Carlson crowd or some of MAGA or whatever. I hate America. Or they're talk, constantly talking down America. Well, I don't hate America, but to the extent that I'm talking down America, it's just that we're getting fat, lazy, soft, and uh, and and complacent. Stupid. Don't forget, stupid. Stupid and complacent. That, that's that's not hating America. It's just recognizing what's real. And I don't know if we're we're up to the task against China and Russia and some of these more aggressive nations to this point that I wanted to get to. A major milestone in a crumbling empire happened yesterday. This was once this was once unthinkable. It this used to be used as a threat. If our deficit gets this bad, well, this could happen. I mean, it would take a gazillion years, but this is where we could end up. Now it's here. Earlier than anyone expected. 
as they say, it was both predictable and predicted by anybody who was paying attention. According to the CBO, as of this week, we've now passed a grim and once unimaginable milestone. Federal interest payments now exceed defense spending, article in Forbes magazine. So we spend more on defense than practically every other country in the world added together. We spend a lot on defense, but not as much as we spent on the interest on our credit card. Please note, not including the principal, not oh, P&I, yeah. just interest. Yeah, just the interest. This isn't paying it down. Uh, if you've ever had credit card debt, you know what that, that spiral is like. So here's a little from the Forbes article about it. What's startling about the CBO's latest projections is that just a year ago, the CBO said it would be 29 at the earliest that this would happen. And it happened this week. Why? Again, predictable and predicted. Interest rates went up. Smart people been saying forever, you know, we're in trouble now with interest practically zero, but that ain't going to last forever. And when the interest rates go up, our uh, debt is going to, uh, debt payments are going to be just unbelievable. Well, it happened. Of course it uh, Not to quibble, but yeah, smart people were saying that. Half Halfwits were saying that too. <laughs> it was as predictable as the sunrise that interest rates would rise from the near zero level they were at. So this year, the CBO estimates that the federal government will spend $850 billion on defense, but $870 billion on just the interest payments. As Joe points out, it is important to recognize that's not paying down the debt at all. That's just paying the interest. Oh, my God. Uh, and unless you're worse. planning to live to the age of 108, uh, if your kids are going to be paying our debt. And uh, this that I already mentioned, part of the change is that the CBO is belatedly acknowledging that interest rates are going to remain higher for longer than they had previously projected, which increases the cost of servicing the federal debt. If you, ha if you are carrying credit card debt, you've noticed that, that the interest is way higher on your credit card than it used to be, so your monthly interest payment is way higher. That is no way to run an empire. You're spending more on servicing your debt. And why do we have a debt? Because we stupid Americans in both parties, and now both parties play to us, saying, this is good, you're smart to do this. We expect $2 worth of government for a dollar's worth of taxes. Yeah. It's not quite that much. It's more like a dollar sixty worth of government for a dollar's worth of taxes. But that's what we expect. Like we live in some sort of fantasy unicorn world where that's not going to you know, have an end date. But that's what everybody expects. And both both parties' leaders get up and say, that's perfectly okay. You should get a sixties worth of services for a dollar's worth of taxes. That makes sense. And well, we've done that. as H.L. Mencken said, it's sort of a uh, pre-auction on stolen goods. You got one party saying, I'll give you a dollar fifty worth of services for a dollar. A dollar fifty? They're trying to balance the budget on the backs of the poor and the old and the whatever. Uh, we'll give you a dollar sixty-five worth. Oh my God, I'm voting for them. And we'll steal it from the future generations who'll have to deal with our mess. I'm done because nobody wants to hear this. No. It is, morally speaking, the most important story in America. Nobody wants to hear it. I'm done. Like I, regularly, money, yeah. like I regularly say, I have a habit of calling like 10 things a week the most important thing in America. This one is arguably absolutely the top of the list, though. Long-term destroying the country, it's this one. 
Yeah, with uh, the Chinese hacking thing a close second. I well, mean, when that poo contacts the air circulation device, that is going to be unbelievable. Well, they fit together, obviously. Uh, if you've ever had credit card debt again, you're spending all that money on your credit card every month. That's money you can't save or spend on other important things uh, like more defense or better hackers or whatever. Worth pointing out, both parties, I, I said I was done, and yet I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting on. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, both parties, mostly during times of peace and prosperity. Not like there's a world war afoot or the pandemic lasted 15 years. No, we've been overspending in time of peace and prosperity. Right, so if the S hits the fan, not, not if, when. That's only, only a child or, or a stupid person would say if. Do you know world history? When the S hits the fan, and if you've seen those charts of like what our expenditures were and everything during World War II and various, ter- what? A, 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 a country headed into that with the kind of debt that we've got? I mean, come on. You know what we are? We're the deadbeat friend or brother or brother-in-law who lives like a moron, never saves anything, wastes their money on stupid crap, then comes to you and says, hey, can I borrow 200 bucks? i got to get my car fixed. I'm not going to give you $200. I begged you to be more responsible. i got to get my car fixed, man. Come on. You expect me to live without a car? (sighs) Or the even worse, I need something for my kid. Uncle Sam is that. Oh, yeah. Uncle Sam is that guy wearing a stained wife beater and some ill-fitting shorts to show the crack of his ass, and he's in your living room begging for $200 to fix his car and to get his kids' books for school. He's not in his snappy red, white, and blue outfit and, 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 and top hat anymore. He's as I describes him like Eddie from the vacation movies. Uncle Sam, shame on you. <laughs> Hallelujah, pass the Tylenol. (laughs) Like I said, this story is depressing. Uh, It'll move on. You won't hear it hardly anywhere else because smart news outlets have recognized nobody wants to hear this. Rush Limbaugh was the first person smart enough and ballsy enough to say it out loud when he said on his show, nobody cares about the deficit. And everybody's like, (gasps) Rush Limbaugh, how dare he? He was absolutely right. He knew that. Yeah. Even the Republicans don't care about the deficit, so nobody cares about it. And I hate to to beat this, uh, you know, further than it needs to be beaten. But as you pointed out at the time, the moment during the State of the Union where the ancient, barely coherent president accused the Republicans, and this was a dark moment in American politics, he accused the Republicans of wanting to reform our entitlement programs. And they scream, no, no, we don't. We don't want to reform them and keep them solvent. How dare you accuse us of that? We passed a weird turn in the road that day, my friend. Yes, we did. It was almost uh, exactly a year ago. Son of a... So, uh, speaking of money, it'll cost you 20 bucks a month for the most powerful ever Google chat bot. It is Bard No More. It is Gemini Advanced. Now, smart people I know who uh, are really into the AI thing say that is the big kahuna everybody's been waiting for when Google really unleashes their stuff, partially because their chat stuff has access to all that data 
the world of Google that they've been stealing from us <laughs> for mm-hmm. all these years. Um, and they have got a lot of money to spend on this project. So, so what do we know about it? Well, Google got caught flat-footed uh, with the sudden rise of OpenAI's ChatGPT. If you didn't weren't familiar with that story, you can bing it. Uh, despite its <laughs> reputation as a pioneer in AI, uh, the new Gemini Advanced offering is Google's attempt to directly profit from growing consumer interest in AI services. Uh, there is a free version that's going to stay advanced, but it's not, or, or stay available rather, but it's not nearly as advanced as Gemini Advanced, which is going to be like everything in the modern world, uh, a subscription model. Again, twenty bucks a month, according to Google CEO Sundar Pichai, who has a direct line to Satan. Gemini Advanced will be quote a new experience, far more capable at reasoning, following instructions, coding, and creative collaboration. For example, it can be a personal tutor. I've got to admit, that's a really cool idea. Tailored to your learning style. Or it can be a creative partner helping you plan a content strategy or build a business plan. All of that sounds really, really cool. Are, are you using any AI yet? I'm not. I got to get a young people, to, a young person to show me how to put it on my phone or whatever. Because everybody I know who is using it, it's simple to, you know, get on an app or something like that. And you would use it almost every day. Hey, what's the cheapest way for me to get to Wichita on May 4th? And then it will crunch all the different numbers. It might come up with, you know, fly to Austin on this airline and grab a bus or something. But it will yeah. figure all that out for you. Why am I doing all the legwork? There's a, there's there, there's chat GPT out there or now this Google thing. I've got to do some serious subscription slimming. Because 20 bucks a month, I can afford 20 bucks a month. And it sounds pretty cool. But, uh, boy, that's like the 27th subscription I have. And there are only like eight of them I'm aware of at this point. <laughs> right. Or that you use. Anyway, uh, so listen to this uh, shiznizzle, would you? Uh, Piche, Pichai said last month that the company's annual subscription revenue reached $15 billion last year. That's just subscriptions. That's five times as high as five years ago. Wow. Uh, Google brought in $307 billion of revenue last year. $307 billion, mostly from ads placed next to search results and jammed into your search results so you can't find what you're looking for. God, Uh, you you have to scroll. You Google something, you have to scroll down so many pages now to get to anything that's not sponsored. It's amazing. Genius and loose cannon. More on that to come. Elon Musk's X introduced a sixteen dollar a month premium subscription in December that includes access to Grok. Yes, X is in formerly Twitter, or X is in Grimes, or one of his other X's. <laughs> no, no, the his capital X. X. Said. Yeah, no, no, not yeah. Well, I see your confusion. No, it's indeed the company named X. Uh, Grok, a chatbot build is more snarky and uninhibited than competing services. All right. More with it. And now. <laughs> Do I need a snarky chatbot? I think there's enough snark in the world. I don't need it creating new, new, <laughs> new snark. Yeah. Well, if any of you all use this stuff, uh, let us know about it, email or text. And yeah. If you think it's working for you. Uh, we got to talk about that strike on the militia leader yesterday. We took out the guy who killed our servicemen, uh, which is cool. Appreciate that. And a bunch of other stuff on the way. Stay here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But actually, I saw some other interesting polls about the Super Bowl. Look at this one here. What is your favorite part of the Super Bowl? 20% said the commercials. 20% said the game. 60% said when your uncle eats that 13th wing and you see his neck get love handled. <laughs> Here's another poll I like this. So what part of the Super Bowl do you bet on? 85% said the final score. 10% said the opening coin toss. 5% said which hungover coworker will call out sick on Monday with the flu. Oh. Larry, Larry, Larry. And finally, uh, what's your favorite delivery app? 39% said DoorDash. 54% said Domino's. 7% said Grinder. And go, what? what? I've always wanted to. And this would be a good year to do it. If I was uh, if I was uh, me of 20 years ago, childless and footloose and fancy free, I'd be in Vegas even if I didn't go to the game just to be in the, the, the atmosphere. And I've always wanted to be in one of those betting rooms where they got all the bets going at one time, one of those great big giant rooms. I'll bet the energy in there on, on, the, on Super Bowl is quite amazing. Uh, yeah, I've been there at other times, and it's pretty hopping. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, although, having watched that third story on 60 Minutes Sunday night about gambling, now this was CBS, so I don't know if they're just looking for something Super Bowl related to, you know, mention the Super Bowl a lot during 60 Minutes as a promotional device, or if... I don't know. Uh, they wanted to get on the right side of gambling, you know, like a PSA for the downside of it. But it is the the accessibility of gambling since the Supreme Court ruling of 2018 has obviously just changed. It, was, it wasn't that long ago where if you wanted to gamble, it was pretty much Vegas and Atlantic City, and that was it anywhere in the entire country. Now you can gamble from your phone on anything all the time. And the most disturbing stat that they had, and they threw around a lot of numbers about how much money gets bet, and you know, I don't know what that means, but uh, over half of the young men who gamble online said they were spending more than they intended to. Wow. Wow. One of the most notable, or several of the most notable developments in the last, say, 30 years is the uh, ubiquity of, or the much easier access to gambling, hardcore pornography, and cheap, meaningless sexual encounters, all fueled by the, uh, the internet. Yeah, and then we're supposed to wonder, why aren't people getting married and having kids? Because you can yeah. gamble, watch porn, and have meaningless sexual encounters? That, for a lot of young men, that's uh, enough to distract you, I guess? So speaking of the Super Bowl and the flu the next day, Super Bowl Sunday is also my birthday. So just I would be mentally prepared for doing the, the first hour of the show solo. Just you never know. Wow. You don't know. Two teams Plan you ahead. like in the Super Bowl on your birthday. That could be rough. It could be great for a while. Then rough. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. New details emerging of a deadly U.S. strike inside Baghdad. A precision drone incinerating a vehicle, killing three. An assassination so targeted, cars close by appear undamaged. Among those killed, Abu Bakr al-Saadi, one of the leaders of an Iranian-backed militia accused of a drone attack on a U.S. base that left three servicemen and women dead. President Biden ordering the strike early last week, a U.S. official telling NBC News. Last night, the official says, the opportunity presented itself. So somebody, I'm guessing on the ground, was following this dude around, waiting until he was far enough away from other people in cars that a, a missile could come out of nowhere and his car just goes poof. And people in cars around, shop windows, I mean, right there, if you've seen the video, un- untouched by the b- blasting of this car. I mean, that is some pinpoint assassination right there. If it was a dude on the scene with a gun, that would be a remarkable lack of collateral damage. Right. Yeah. But it's presumably a a drone strike, right? Yeah, I don't know if they've said specifically. I think that's what everybody's assuming it is. Here's a little more of Keir Simmons of NBC on this report. U.S. Central Command saying in a statement, U.S. forces conducted a unilateral strike in Iraq in response to the attacks on U.S. service members. But in the aftermath, a furious crowd chanting no to America, no to Israel. While the militia targeted last night, vowing revenge and promising more missile attacks. It's interesting that those people knew like almost instantly when that car just all of a sudden was in flames that... It had something to do with the United States and Israel and all that? Mm, yeah, I think when a car goes poof in that part of the world, it's generally not a carburetor issue. <laughs> right. Looks like you blew a seal. Um. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, so what so, else? The so violent we... part of the world, Jack, back to you. What else can we do if we have to take this further? And I think we do. James Stravitas, former NATO commander on that. The next level up, if that doesn't get the attention of Tehran sufficiently, I think you go after Iranian maritime capabilities. Go after perhaps their naval boats, some of their small coast guard, the oil and gas platforms that they use for intelligence. I think uh, the next step beyond the first three I mentioned is probably uh, upping the game to go after Iran directly. That's big casino. Let's hope we don't go there. Yeah, well... 
so we'll see, right? Up until yesterday, there was no signs of slowing down by any of these militia groups attacking us, certainly the Houthis. They were continuing right. to attack us at the same rate. We'll see if anything's changed since then. By the way, here's former Defense Secretary Mark Esper on if he thinks we're doing enough. If you really want to deter, and I've said this before, you, you have to go after things that Iran values. And for Iran, these proxy groups are expendable. They've been at this for 40-some years, funding them, arming them, training them. You know, the talk last week about a strong response uh, to Iran based on after the deaths of the three American soldiers is, uh, is just kind of left me a little... Uh, disappointed in terms of what we've seen so far and and what I believe will or not deter the Iranians going forward. Okay. Well, we'll know within days if it's deterred at least these groups, and then you've still got the question out there of how much control Iran has over them, but I still say uh, you hit Iran hard and they figure out a way to have control over those groups. Right. Yeah, I read some intelligence analysis that I thought was pretty compelling that um, suggested more or less what you just suggested, that Iran's control over them is not nearly what it has been in the past, partly through the death of old man Soleimani, who we uh, vaporized, but... um, and that Iran had been pressuring these proxy groups, look, you can lob various bombs and all, but don't be killing any Americans, all right? We don't need that right now. And there was some belief that this splinter of a splinter group that managed to kill three of our soldiers, um, they were they were as shocked as anybody that their drone got through and, and actually killed our people. And so, just that's there's so pretty much weak. That's pretty damn weak. You better quit shooting drone 160 oh, yeah. times. And oh, you're, yeah. oh, I didn't think we'd actually hurt anybody. Screw you. I hope you're all vaporized. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you're going to play in that sandbox. You're going to get hurt. But, uh, yeah, there's so much posturing in that part of the world and so much trying to be the toughest militia for recruiting and funding purposes and that sort of thing. And, hey, we, we lobbed 500 bombs at the Great Satan last week. So uh, you're thinking of joining, uh, you know, Sharia al-Islam over there. No, you got to join us, Jihadis uh, South. Uh, it's just, it's such a cesspool of armed nut jobs. That part of the world said this last week when Josh Rogan was explaining it to us. That part of the world is like your Star Wars movies. You land on a planet and it's a bunch of desert and then just a whole bunch of armed groups with with different alliances and that changes on a day-by-day basis trying to kill each other and like no overall authority to keep mayhem at bay. That 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 part of the world is like that. Mhm. Yeah. And and well it has been for a long time but and I hear some of you saying, well, then why don't we get the hell out of it and let them kill all of each other and, uh, and, and keep our people safe? You're not necessarily wrong. There are reasons that we want to be in that region ensuring some level of stability because well, it tends to, that infection tends to leach into the bloodstream of the world and the economy. Are we going to leave? Uh, I, I hear you. Are we going to leave Israel to defend itself and they either win or they lose? That's a big part of it, sure. Uh, are we going to let Iran do whatever they want to do? Get a nuclear weapon? Threaten the oil fields and shipping in the oh, Persian Gulf and the Gulf that, of Oman, the rest that, of it? Yeah. That should have been the first thing I said. Are we going to allow a bunch of people on camels who have the year 700 religious ideas control one of the most vital shipping lanes in the world? Is that Are we going to do that? Maybe you think we should. Uh, no, no, that would be lunatic. That would be idiotic.
Oh, speaking of uh, various isolationist urges, next hour, uh, I want to chat at least briefly about the whole flap uh, with Tucker Carlson interviewing Vladimir Putin. And there are all sorts of interesting uh, reactions and overreactions on all sides. Plus, uh, getting to the bottom of the philosophy that Tucker appears to be uh, leading to a large extent. Kind of a young, energized subcategory of uh, conservatism. Um, it's it's dangerous ground. We'll probably alienate anybody who we haven't already uh, annoyed. Tucker Carlson. Takes, but that's fine. Actually, sat down with Vladimir Putin in Russia. Uh huh. Yeah. And that comes out today. I'll watch it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we almost have to. Um, and and again, uh, people are going nuts on all sides of this, and I think a lot of it's misplaced. I, not all of it, though. Misplaced nuttiness from Joe Getty. Don't misplace your nuts, folks. Uh, uh, let me check. No, right where they were supposed to be. Um, uh, I want to talk about this. I meant to talk about this yesterday. I think the the world of electric cars might be dead. I, <laughs> unless unless the technology changes or people's attitudes change a lot. Hybrids have a shot. Electric cars, not so much. According to a couple of different publications that came out over the weekend. That and other stuff on the way. Stay here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I understand this. In this building and in the 202 area code that is Washington, D.C., border security is a political issue. But if we leave the 202 area code everywhere else in the country, this is not a political issue. It's a national security issue. And when you actually go to the Border Patrol Council, those that see the chaos day to day, they're saying, send us some help. That's a guy that wrote the bill that uh, went nowhere and is dead now, but uh, I appreciated him saying that. Yeah, outside of that era code where it's just a what gives us leverage for the next election, election after election, no, it's it's all about, um, hey, the emergency room's full of people that are using that for their health care, the school's full of people that don't speak English, and we got to deal with it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I I appreciate him saying that. I, I feel like he's a uh, the voice of reason against the howling mob. Yeah, and he'll probably get voted out, and that'll be the end of his career. Um, maybe more on that later, maybe not. So the New York Times had an article reflecting the turn Americans seem to have taken about electric vehicles. There wasn't much of an appetite for electric vehicles anyway. It's always been exaggerated how well electric vehicles were doing. Whenever you looked into the numbers, it was a tiny drop in the bucket of overall cars. And then when it would go up 50%, it'd go from a drop to a drop and a half, and they'd start screaming all electric vehicles, this and that. Because so many uh, of the re- those drops were in very small little corners of the coastal elite uh, areas. Right, where the, where the reporters yeah. and the journalists uh, all live, and then they report it because all their neighbors all their neighbors drive teslas so they assume it's the same way in st louis or oklahoma city or pierce south dakota but it ain't ain't nobody there driving an electric car anyway so they focused on the ford f-150 lightning which started with great expectations and uh sold fairly well for electric vehicles not for any other actual vehicle but the cold weather 
turned a lot of people sour. Finding out that if the it says it's got a range of 300 miles but doesn't get close to it, that's been my experience and everybody's experience with electric cars. They tell you what the range is. Well, maybe if I drove 25 miles an hour and I weighed 80 pounds, maybe I could get that. I don't know. But if I drive like I'm driving a normal car, I don't get close to the number you're claiming. And that's not a, we all know the mileage is exaggerated when we buy a car. But if it turns out not to be quite as high as it was before, we stop at the gas station more often. With an electric car, it's a completely different thing. you got to find a charging station. you got to be there for a half an hour or longer. Anywho, uh, they actually quoted a guy in the New York Times article about this. Say People say range anxiety like it's the driver's fault, but it's not our fault. These ranges are, ex- are exaggerated, and there aren't enough charging stations around. So that's not just yeah. like, I didn't plan ahead. All right. Yeah, that's like calling, being concerned whether your household budget will make it till the end of the month. Uh, you know, expenditure anxiety. It's just planning. I said there was a lot of excitement among journalists, again, about electric cars at the end of 2023. They'd rose 46% from the previous year, which, again, is from not very much to slightly more than not very much, but really dropped off toward the end of 23 for a variety of reasons. Um, and then all these stories, you know, Hertz abandoning the idea of going all electric with their fleet because nobody would, no people waiting three hours in line for a gas-powered car rather than taking one of their electric vehicles. Ford yeah. General Motors all cutting way back on their plans for electric vehicles. Not for hybrids, which it turns out people do have an appetite for. I think a lot of that is just, if I run out of electricity, I can still drive it. I think that's a lot of it. Sure. Yeah, it's just, it's a better, more practical solution. That's my long, learned screed on it for the vast majority of people. Um... Yeah, and Tesla stock way down, by the way, for a variety of reasons, but some of it is this. You had a wave of early adopters, says this independent consultant they quoted in the New York Times. The manufacturers are putting out product, but the consumer is like, we're not participating. And so they just realize nobody wants to buy them, or not enough people want to buy them, and so they're tapering way off. I thought this was interesting. Public electric vehicle, I think there's a lie in this stat. Public electric vehicle chargers are available at about 61,000 stations across the country, according to the Energy Department, which I'm sure is very pro-electric car. By comparison, there are 145,000 gas stations. There's no flipping way oh my gosh. that there's oh. nearly half as many charging stations as there are gas stations. Not a chance. So what I think they're doing is they're counting each individual plug-in as a charging station and a gas station which might have 30 different places to gas up as one i th- it's got to be something like that yeah i would agree because there's no way there are nearly half as many charging stations as gas stations did you say this is uh, from the new york times some yeah. of this information yeah I- i've also noticed the stark uh, uh, oversight of not mentioning government distortion of the market all the car companies weren't cranking out all these EVs because they were hot to trot for it. Right. I mean, they might have thought it was the future, but it was mostly because of government pressure. Oh, oh absolutely. They were ordered it is. to. Yeah. I, I know people who run dealerships who have told me that very thing. Their customers don't want it. They don't want it. They were forced to do it. They're, they sit on the lot. They cost them lots of money. Uh, I just don't think the electric thing is going to happen. 
at least unless some weird thing happens where gas goes to like you know fifteen dollars a gallon, the the math change on, changes on it, or the technology changes on electric cars. But I think the electric mm-hmm. boom, and it wasn't much of a boom. If you're in most of the country, if you're in California, it might have seemed like a boom. I mean, I see a lot of Teslas in California, but that's not the way the rest of the country is. Uh, I think the boom is over. It might be. Yeah, I I wonder between government uh, incentives and disincentives and the changes in technology, it it might, you know, restart somewhat. But no, it's it was it was overblown the whole time. And we've been saying that for a very long time. But uh, these things get hyped and. Everybody believes it, and, and they just the the lemmings of the media, the herd of the media, run with the narrative. It's an I old, must old, say, old story. I have a lot of friends and family who just have a knee jerk hatred of electric vehicles. I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. I feel like it's just it's kind of like the mask thing. You 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 feel like liberals tend to like electric vehicles, so I'm going to hate them, uh, as opposed to okay, what's your specific gripe about it? Right, I might choose one sort of vacuum over another, but I'm not standing there in the aisle, you know, saying, those shark vacuums suck! Who would use one of those? I'm a Bissell man! (laughs) Right. Right. But, uh, they're not even... And of those 61,000 charging stations, which I think they're counting each individual plug as a station, um, most of those are those super slow, takes you all day long to charge worthless things that they put in downtown in front of your uh, courthouse to look green, Mm -hmm. and they're worthless. Yeah, I wonder if that number includes, like, planned charging stations. That would be the sort of thing that the government liars would do. They, the Mayorkuses of the various uh, departments. Oh, and how about all these um, uh, governments that have decided their whole fleet of cars for all their workers are going to be electric or schools where all the buses are going to be electric? All these things that have been committed to that just aren't going to work out. Or if you stick to it, it's going to be very expensive and incredibly impractical. And back to the whole herd mentality theme, uh, even among people who had no particular prejudice against electric vehicles and have uh, the environment among their highest priorities, there was a lot of honest debate about, hey, these cars, between the mining and the energy it takes to produce them, then the energy it takes to charge them, this doesn't look to be better than really efficient gas-powered cars and hybrids to us, but nobody was listening to that. Anyway, I think you're probably right. It's definitely peaked. Uh, Very quick note, we ought to mention, yes, the Supreme Court is looking at whether Colorado can ban Donald Trump from being on the ballot because of the 14th Amendment saying if you participated in an insurrection, you can no longer serve in office. There are multiple layers of questions about whether this ought to apply to Trump. I think there's no chance that Colorado succeeds. I think Trump's back on the ballot. But one thing I hadn't heard until today was that in 1898, there was legislation by both houses of Congress signed by President McKinley that said, yeah, if you're a former Confederate, you can hold office. It's all forgiven and forgotten. So back in 1898, they kind of took the teeth out of it anyway among guys who actually fought for the Confederacy. And Trump didn't fire on Fort Sumter, I'm pretty sure. There's some debate as to the facts, Jack, but uh, yeah. A lot more on the way. If you missed the segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.